Good morning. One of the questions that I have for you before we get too far down the road in the passage that we have before us, we will be in Ephesians chapter 2. One of the things I want to ask you before we even start, as we had that command last week to, to look at a life like this, I got a bunch of chords down here, so, so um, how did it go last week? What changed in your life last week that we will not be just mere hearers of the Word, but actually doers of the Word? How did this work out to what we have from beginning to verse 27, which I'll read in just a minute, and taking it as a whole here? Because most of us often find an excuse for selfishness, pride, claiming our rights. I have a right to this, and I have a right to that. I deserve this. I deserve that. The weekend and the money belongs to me. I worked all week. I deserve to do whatever, whatever I want to do. But as believers, it should be different for us because we have been marked out by the hand of God. So think about the call that we had last week and what changed in our life last week, how we died to self, in this week, how we really going to see the, the unity, the humility that brings forth hum, uh, unity. You can't have one without the other. Neither can you have the Spirit of God without the Spirit of truth, one and the same. And so thinking about these things, we, we look on this unity that we had last week with the thread also with humility coming through there. Ask yourself, as we continue to go through the Scriptures today, and get been given an example, how we look upon this God of the Bible, what He's done for us, and our life being changed by Him. That we no longer live for self. We strive together in humility, in humbleness of mind, Right, that we may have the unity of the Spirit among the brethren, among the sisters, all thinking in one mind, one accord. No one having their own agenda. We all have one agenda, and that is to honor, to glorify God. Right, when you get on your own agenda, you are, you're, you're acting just like the devil himself. Amen. And that should be enough to put on the brakes right there. Wait a minute. I don't belong to him anymore. I'm not going to press my agenda. I'm going to have ears to hear, eyes to see what the Lord's doing in me and what He calls me to do. And a good leader will lead by example. And it's the truth to that. If you haven't labored in something and you just get to the other end of it in the office work, the man below you will have no respect for you. But if you worked your way through all of that, and then you moved on through into the office area, those men know that you know what it means to sweat, what it means to plow into the ground and work hard about the things of the Lord, because that's your motive, and they see that in you, and therefore you give an example. But I do want to read again from 27. I'm not going to unpack all that again, but I do want to read from 27. So if you find your place in Philippians chapter 1, beginning to verse 27, stand with me. 
And we'll read the chapter 2, verse 11. As a charge we had the last two weeks that we have had our entire life, it starts here. Only conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together, and there's only one faith and there's only one gospel. In a way, in no way alarm from your opponents, which is a sign of their destruction to them, but salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted, for Christ's sakes, not only to believe in Him, but also suffer for His sakes, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in the same Spirit, intent on one, intent on one purpose, and that's the furtherance of the gospel. Now listen to this. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others in our text today. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him, bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you see, the whole motive finishes at the very end of that last verse that I read. Everything that Jesus did in salvation was for the glory of the Father. Everything that we do is for the glory of the Father. Again, if you had to replay, look at your life last week, it really would bring you to a point of, biblical repentance, because you become a repenter now. Because it is a high mark that's laid out before us, and we'll look into that. When we think about the command that we have, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
This attitude is what we're about. This attitude is what comes out of our mouths. This attitude is how we act. And the reason why I read that is because uh, read that portion of Scripture because it, we have a command to conduct yourself this way. It is not out of we're going to lose our salvation. It is not out of a, uh, uh, I don't uh, want to lose my relationship with people. I don't want to uh, cause a disturbance in the church. It's because of the love of God I should have brought in your heart, and that is your motive. Because he gives an example. He gives an example how we should live. Now, the question is, as we continue to go through this, right, is it really our life? Are we just hearers of God's Word, and that's all we are? Does it change our life at all? We had that challenge the last two weeks, amen? And really, we had that challenge each time we get into this uh, pulpit, each time we get into this congregation, each time we come together, each time we open the Word of God, each time you breathe, you are obligated to conduct yourself this way, amen? amen? Like you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not in a religious way, but in a thanksgiving. We owe him everything. No one ever came to such an exalted place, went to the lowest part, to also go to the exalted place of all. No one ever did that, and no one ever did that, and no one ever will do that. But with the picture of humility before us, how do you live? It's got to be your way or the highway. It's got to be your agenda. It's got to be your conversation, and you've got to be right. I'm telling you, that is not humility. Amen? Humility is okay. You have a different view than I do. Okay, let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Did you say that last week? It's challenging, isn't it? But we are called to, to live a life of humility, of humbleness. And again, humility and unity go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. If you're not a humble man, you are not going to have good unity. You're going to cause disunity in the church. You're going to cause disunity with other believers. You're going to call disunity in everything. The key to unity is humility. Do you see that? Not just hearing it. Man, I heard a good message on humility today. And then go out, act like you never heard it before. This is a charge to everyone all the time, forevermore. If you're a lover of Jesus Christ, we are obligated not to be so bullheaded nobody can talk to you. If you're going to be bullheaded about something, it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That causes the brethren to come together, causes the people to come together, to worship the King of glory. Why? Did you see what he's done for you? Look at this. Verse 5 says, this is called to servitude, called to uh, the mark of a true servant. And it's a call for an attitude adjustment. That's where we're here, oh my. And we should be willing to have an attitude adjustment, aren't we? Because if we're not willing to be adjusted by God's Word, there is something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with God's Word. 
And if you need help with that, that's why you need unity with the sisters and the brothers in Christ. That's why you must have it. Why? Because, again, we'll see, it says, because there is encouragement in Christ, because uh, there is uh, comfort of love, because there is fellowship of one spirit, because there is affection and compassion, because of this, right, we have the same mind, we have the same love, we are united in spirit, and we have one purpose, and that is to honor and to glorify the God of glory for everything that we are. It's not about us anymore. And it goes beyond Monday. It goes beyond Tuesday and next week. It goes beyond Wednesday and so forth. The rest of your life, you are to live a crucified life under Christ. Have this attitude in you. What attitude? Verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Take that picture, get a snapshot of last week, and see how that played out for you. It says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Again, please, as I look at myself and have been looking at this and adjusting my attitude. I haven't arrived, and you haven't arrived either, but we have left, praise the Lord. We're marching on toward the calling that we have here, and it's to have this mindset, to have this attitude uh, in, in, in you, have this attitude in ourselves. We encourage one another. Why? Because we are lovers of the same God. We have the same love in us. The love of Christ dwells in us. The Spirit of God dwells in us, and therefore we have unity. And it's not going to be really hard to die uh, to self when you have this attitude in yourself. When you have this mindset, this mindset, I'm no longer about me. This mindset is what? It's about Him. How then, therefore, shall I live? Don't do anything for personal gain because that's in there as well. Have this attitude in you, the call to true servanthood. And now we see the great and glorious, the perfect example of what our life should look like today. Amen. Ask yourself right this, this question right here. Just like in that Behold Your Book, uh, Behold Your God book that we're going through, it asks you this question, are you willing to change yourself, to adjust yourself, to adjust your attitude, to adjust your living, to walk out of here, applying these things to our lives, and to next week and the rest of our lives as, as we grow in Christ, we owe Him everything, right? Are we willing to adjust our attitude? Or do we have it, a screw in it and you can't be just adjusted? We should be willing to have our attitude adjusted. Amen? I didn't think I'd get too many on that, but the reality is if you cannot have your attitude adjusted, if you think it's so highly of yourself, you're the only one on your planet, something's wrong. We don't think that way. We think on this on the same level. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. 
is living a life unto him, unto him, unto him, not with just mere words. It requires our life. And we want to do it. And if you have to do it, something's broke. But if we're wanting to, driven by this God, driven by the attitude that he has or, or adjusting laid out for us. Look at this. This is pretty, pretty huge when you think about the attitude that he tells us. Have this attitude in you when we think about the example that he gives us. Now from verse 6 through verse 11, it's called the Christ hymn. And it is believed that Paul knew about this hymn when he wrote this epistle in this part of this scripture that we have before us. And we see the perfect example of the stepping down. I want you to really grab this because this is just so humbling in a way. When you think about Christ, your life is going to say what you think about him. You think about him down here, he means nothing to you. Every word you say, you don't care if it insults him or not, and all his glory... You know, that, that's a low view of Christ is going to lead to low living. But if you have a high view of Christ, it will lead you to high living for him. And what you think about the word of God, he gives a perfect example. There's nobody in here or on this earth or ever has been on this earth except Jesus Christ himself that able to walk this world no one can apply these things to the self like him. He was all God, but this does not give us permission to act like it didn't happen. Now listen to it. it. says, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. One, one thing I want to think about, one thing we need to get our mind right here about who God is. He's not just holy. He's holier. He's not just holier. He's holy is. He's in the superlative. There's nothing that's holy, nothing that's equal uh, uh, of God, uh, who he is. So if I have a low view of God, that's the way I'm going to live. But if I have a high view of God and I have a proper view of sin and he changed my life and paid that debt, man, that's going to change my life altogether and forevermore. But you have to have a high view of God. And how do you get that? Well, you die to self. You die to self. Pick up your cross and follow him. He has called us to walk after him. He has called us to love like him. We are to love uh, as he loved. We are to obey as he obeyed. We are to suffer without retaliation as he suffered without retaliation. We are to entrust ourselves in God who judges righteously. We are to do these things. And we have one more today. And that one more is humility, walking in humbleness before this God. And that's just the intro. But when you think about this first verse, I want you to think about this. When he says, although he existed in the form of God, that was step one. And that step one is not step out or step up. He stepped down. He stepped down for us. Some people said he stepped down eight times, some seven and we'll go through some of that time uh, allowing. He stepped down. You, you grab that? He didn't have nowhere else to step but down. 
being in the superlative, being in the highest of all things that we can't even comprehend in our mind about this. But when you think about who he is, God of glory with all power, all knowing, omniscient, all present, all holy, right? He stepped down to us. Stepped down to us. Now that ought to be humbling because our pride will get us up here and we're not going to conform to anything, especially this guy whoever he is or whatever he is or whatever the attitude is. We're not going to step down to this, but this is a song. This is a song if we could worship God in this way. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now think about that for just a minute. He stepped off the throne. He laid all his prerogatives, all, not all of his... Uh, uh, ability, but he did lay these things aside. Why? Because he gives us the, uh, the uh, thing he came voluntarily to us. No man has seen God at any time and live. So we're thankful for that, that he didn't bring all his glory with him, but he set some of it aside in his prerogatives. He had the right to be God and he could call ten, uh, uh, legions, 12 legions of angels to come at any time, but he chose not to. He chose to walk this life to give us a picture of what walking a life of humility looks like. In a, in a form, you can look at it like this. It's a meekness, strength under control, right? And you can step down humility down that way. Meekness, we are to be meek, right? And that is strength under control. Jesus Christ is a perfect picture about being meek, and he has strength under control. Amen? You know, you just now on this first step, you just deserve some, uh, got something you didn't deserve. And this is the stepping out of grace unto us, unto us. He did not cling to it. He said, no, I deserve to be God, and he always was God. He didn't pour himself out. He never was lesser God. Amen? We see the power of God in this, and he said, I'll set that aside. He starts out at the highest and goes to the lowest. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's just the first step. He goes on. And there's so much more you could give to that, but he, he stepped downward toward us that we may have this attitude in us. who existed in the form of God. The form, this form refers to the outward manifestation of an inward reality. You catch that? In other words, he can't, he can't do anything else but be God. And he always will be God, always has been God, co-equal, co-eternal, right? From everlasting to everlasting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was, was God, and the Word was with, uh, excuse me, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. His incarnation, pre-existence, voluntarily assuming a body, a human nature, that he stepped down to people like us. Now, when you think about that, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, stepping down toward us voluntarily for the glory of the Father, you have no room in yourself to be prideful or self-centered because he's going to knock all that out. He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Christ is equal. This is step number two. 
please don't lose the view of Christ because if you're stepping, all you're seeing is him stepping down, you don't start out in the right place, you're going to end up in the wrong place. You must start out in the right place. Think about God did not have to come save you. He did not love you more than anything. Jesus Christ loved the Father more than anyone. Amen? And he loved himself more than anyone. In the middle of that, we do have Romans 5, 5, for the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Therefore, he brought us into the family. He did not cling or grasp a thing, uh, uh, the rights of being God, but he chose to obey the will of the Father. First, he seizes something by force hanging on to, but he set it aside. You see that? One more step down to save us from him and through him and to him. He emptied himself. He also refused to selfishly cling to his position. He gave that up to step down to us. Think about it now. Think about God stepping down to us. Not that you deserve it, but for the will, for the glory of the Father is the reason why he emptied himself, not of God, He'll always be God. He didn't stop ceasing to be God. He will always be God. He is the man called Jesus. He emptied himself. He emptied himself of eternal, uh, of his, uh, did not empty himself of eternal deity. It does not mean that he exchanged his deity for humanity. He laid aside his prerogatives as God in order to take the limitations of humanity. That's step three, down toward us. Down toward us. That's amazing, isn't it? He's coming down to us. Not only that, he's taking on the form of a bondservant. He went from the highest to the lowest. And the lowest really is beyond that, and, and that's the grave. He went from the highest to the lowest. Nobody in here said he, did, he didn't reach far enough for you. Or he, didn't, he wouldn't understand. Nobody in this world can say Jesus Christ didn't understand, right? Because he was all man. He was a God man. He was all man. He was all God. He never emptied himself out of being God. He say, laid some of his attributes aside and chose not to use them. But I'm going to tell you, this was a God, a very God, when you look upon Jesus Christ. And he walked in humility, but you said, no, I will not. You say, I will have my way. Think about how much that looks just like Satan. Next week when this comes up in your life and you say, no, I'll have my way. No way. When this, uh, when this comes up and your flesh gets up in there and you say, no, I will not do this because this just makes me look bad. I got to be a man or I got to be a woman, however that fits, right? There's only two, one of each. However that fits. And when we get there, we can't say, oh, well, I, I, I'm too, I'm too, I'm too above to take out the trash or to sweep the floor, or to, to do something like that. That's not humility. That's acting just like Satan himself, and woe be to us to even take on that kind of character, take on that kind of thinking. Jesus Christ came as a slave, meaning he uh, hear what the definition gave as a bondservant, a slave. 
That's why I said in our prayer, doulos anton curios, a slave unto Jesus Christ. You're going to be a slave unto something. He's either Satan or Jesus Christ himself. But right here, if he stepped down this way unto us, and this is step four, step five, being in the likeness of men, if he stepped down to us like that, how dare us? How dare us to be prideful? How dare us? He had nothing to prove. But he was given the people that he was coming to redeem. And if you love Jesus today, praise the Lord for that. Yes, there is encouragement. Of course there is encouragement. Of course there is comfort in his love. Of course there is fellowship in one spirit. Of course there is affection and compassion of Christ. We see step five is that he came in the likeness of men. He looked just like a man. Why? Because he really was just like a man. He had to do everything a man has to do today, physically speaking. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So if you take Jesus Christ out just being, just being the Spirit, you have no atonement. But him being all man and all God, holy justice is completely satisfied. 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 So God is satisfied in Christ about you. Amen? That's good. Did you hear that? Of course there's encouragement in the Word of God. With stuff like this, when we humble ourselves, we're not going to be, uh, if we humble ourselves, we will be encouraged. But if we're hard-headed and will not humble ourselves and say, I don't need to go to that class or this class, or I don't need to come to Wednesday night, I don't need the church, I will have the church uh, whenever I want to have it, God forbid that you act like that or even think that way. Because the, the teachers in the Sunday school class need encouragement and they need you there. The teachers in the Wednesday night services or whatever the home group is, they need you there. Why? For encouragement. And if you ever teach a class, you will see what that means. You, they need encouragement just like every preacher, teacher, a Sunday school teacher, whatever that may, they need encouragement and that means they need you there. Not with your agenda, but the agenda of the day uh, being in the Word of God. They need you there. And when my pride gets in the way, I don't need to go. God forbid that we think that way. Your brothers and sisters in Christ must have you as well. For encouragement, for strength, pressing on toward the mark, Jesus Christ stepped down in order that this would be a reality in our lives. Being found in the appearance of man, he just brings that on home. He not only looked like a man, he acted like a man. Everything about him was a man, another step down toward us. He stepped down seven times. Some say eight because they bring in this last verse. He humbled himself. Okay, he humbled himself, and you got a problem with being humble? We have a problem with being humble. He humbled himself from the highest example to the lowest, right? He doesn't leave any room for any of us to be arrogant, prideful, or I don't need the body of believers. I don't need them at all or the church or, the, or, or Sunday, whatever that may be. It applies so differently. It depends on what kind of mind you have about the church. What kind of attitude do you have about the church? 
Jesus died for the church. You remember that last week? Jesus died for the church. He loved the church. And he gives me the example how to love his wife. So we see there's, again, I tell you from the, the power of God taking on a true human being and still having the divine nature of God in him, still being all God yet all man, right? They, they see him in, in the part of uh, the very essence of who he was at that time. Looking at this was a man. Jesus suffered and still suffers and added humiliation um, being considered a mere man. Think about that. You see that? Jesus stepped down to be a man. He stepped down to us. He stepped down to us. Have we thought about that at all? Because when we grab or, or sink our teeth into this, when we think, when we leave that here today and start applying these things today, tomorrow, and the rest of our lives, we should have a, a heart of humbleness knowing that this God gave us the perfect example by stepping off the throne of God to save a worm like me. Are you grateful? Are you thankful? Your life is going to say everything that you are. It's going to say everything about what you believe. You're either going to be tearing people down or you're going to be building them up. There's no neutrality there. You're either going to be a, a, a person of discouragement or you're going to be a person of, of encouragement. Now, we don't encourage sin by any means. We don't laugh about it. We don't joke about it. We don't waller. We don't stand beside it. We stay away from it. That could be an encouragement, brother, you're in sin. Somebody cares enough to die for you. Shouldn't somebody care enough to come to you if we're believers in Christ? Now, listen, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death. This is the last step down. Actually, it's one more because he stepped down into the grave. He humbled himself, being obedient to the point of death, even the cross. Of all ways to die, he died on the cross. We hear the word. We sing the word. We uh, hear it all the time. We got it on our everything that you look at. We look at the cross. I think sometimes it does more harm than it does good because then we lose sight of it. We lose sight of the cross where he stepped down to. And showing us what it means to live a life of humility. He showed us. He gives us the demonstration. You lead by example. Well, we have a great leader, and he's given us a great example how to walk in life. Death on the cross. He humbled himself. It says it's the idea of lying low. Jesus lowered himself not only to, uh, not only relative to God, but also to other men. Christ loved the Father so much he died on the cross for our sins so that he would not, we would not have to face eternal death. Last step is what? The grave. He stepped down into the grave. From one exhausted end to the very exalted end to the very lowest end of all things. He never stopped being God. Right, We see the exaltation. We see the stepping out. We also see the second stanza of this song. 
The second stanza, the meaning of the group of uh, verses that he has, he says, For this reason also highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You see that? The Father is not the bad guy in the Old Testament. The Father is the one that loved you so much he sent his Son. Amen? And you wouldn't know that unless you come to know him. So we see this, this what's happening here is the exaltation of this, uh, uh, this servanthood or this humility that he walked in. Now he is going to be exalted in this way. He steps up out of the grave. Yes, seven to eight steps down, and now he's stepping up. Amen. He's stepping up out of the grave. Amen. Come on, somebody hear me now. He stepped up out of the grave. The victory is won. We live for him and him alone. Praise the Lord. Wake up and listen to what God has to say today, man. Praise be to God. He did not stay in the tomb. He stepped out. He stepped up for us. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. He was raised for our justification. Forty days later, he appeared to more than 500 brethren. You know, we just kind of overlooked that. But if you had a courtroom full of witnesses and you have 500 witnesses that said that you did something to be a no-brainer, that he did this. We saw him in his flesh. I mean, this is a no-brainer on this. And now you just have one witness and you're, you're condemned forever. But now we have 500 here. What in the world's going on? How do we not all of us believe? Because it takes the power of God. Amen. Praise be to God on that when we see how glorious he is. And stepping down, now stepping up. He stepped up out of the grave. He walked, stepped up and walked the earth for 40 days. And he stepped one more step. Amen. He ascended on the glory. Amen. Are you, are you happy about that? He extended on the glory in behalf of you because holy justice was satisfied. And the Father says, come, my son, my good and faithful servant, you completed. Yes, holy justice is satisfied. Come and restore yourself here in the glory of the Father. He stepped up towards exaltation, the glory that he had before the world began. Amen. This is the God of glory. Do you have room in your busy schedule to be humble? Challenging, isn't it? Do you? Because that's what it brings to our thought. He sacrificed one sacrifice for all time and sat down at the hand of God. Oh, my goodness. This will really change our life when we think about the exaltation, the stepping up out of the grave, all for the glory of the Father. And because of his obedience, God raised him. God the Father raised him back to the original position he had before the world began. There is coming a time that we'll stand before him. 
because it tells us plainly in Scripture that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. It is not just a confession. If you don't love him now and you die in that, you are not going to love him later. But you will proclaim in all your hatred that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even though you lived the life saying he was not. Even you said you lived, I don't need to be that humble. I mean, I can't be like Christ. I can't go through all these things right here. I cannot suffer the cross. Like You're right. You're exactly right. You know what that should cause for you and I? Right? To cling to him even more because it's grace upon grace upon grace. Amen? Live this way. Have this attitude. And let this mind be overtaken by the word of God and meditate it and take it in. Live it out. It's not just, well, here it is. If you're a lover of Christ, we're to examine ourselves. to see how we're living up to him. Revelation 17 talks about the victory of the Lamb. 14 says, And these will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are the called, and the chosen, and faithful. I ask you today, is this attitude in us? Or have you put up a wall already? Says, no, I don't have to. Well, be afraid of that. Even if you go down that road with that sentence in your mind. You don't have to, you're right. But if you got any idea who he is, you'll want to live a life dedicated to him as I humble myself more each and every day, as I adjust my attitude this very day. You think about the being in the heat in there, you think about the, the thermostat. The thermostat is this Bible when he addresses us directly. And he says, you need an adjustment here. And I know I need an adjustment different ways as you do as well as you look at your own self. God opposed the proud but gives grace to the humble. You can't come proudly unto God like he owes you. But if he's shown you the cross and you humble yourself in the presence of God, he will exalt you. You will be able to go on to glory where the Christ, the King of glory, the, from the highest to the lowest, he made that way for us. So act that way that you believe in him. As we had last week, wear the gospel. Are we wearing the gospel? Can they see Christ in us? And we see this, and we'll be closing here in just a second. The sin-cursed world, then the Lord Jesus Christ, he humbled himself more than any one who has ever humbled themselves. No one ever started out so rich and ended up so poor. No one ever started out so sovereign, became so submissive. No one ever started out so noble, became so peasant, like as the Lord Christ. 
Your brothers and sisters need you in encouragement, not just today, but every day of their lives. And you're not the one going to be sitting there and take it all in and not give it out. We are grace extenders. We have received grace upon grace upon grace. And it's nothing but pride or arrogance or bullheadedness, whatever you want to put there that says, I'm not going to extend grace to them. What if God turned that table around for you and says, I'm not going to extend grace to you? You, won't, you don't even want to think that way. And therefore, let this mind be in you. Let us pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we, we thank you for the scripture that you have laid out before us. Such a glorious text, so high and so holy. Lord, uh, so, such an exhausted, exalted text, Lord, as we see that we, we humbly bow before you today in all the days of our lives. We also know that there is coming a day that everyone from the cross beyond will bow before you and declare you, Yahweh, Adonai, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this example. We thank you for giving the, the call that you have called us to be humble and walk in humility and have this mind in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Help us tear down any wall that is standing up before us now that causes us not to hear from you. Help us to realize so as a man thinks, so is he. Lord, help us to ad adjust our attitude that we may live a life dedicated unto you, that we may live a life just enjoying you now and forevermore. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those that are interested, there is this piece of paper right outside.